Welcome to this week's episode of Safe Room, BladeDisgusting.com's Dead Pixels horror video game podcast, delivering a horrifying new episode every Saturday. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Krieger. And I'm the other one, Neil Bo. And this week we're talking about one of Neil's favorite games, the revolutionary FPS Quake, which not only celebrated its 25th anniversary this year, but also just received a remastered port this summer. Quake is, of course, one of the uh, granddaddies of first-person shooters. Uh, Originally released in 1996 and developed by id Software, Quake remains notable 25 years later for its genre-pushing 3D physics, frantic run-and-gun gameplay, and Lovecraftian dark fantasy setting. And I have very randomly played most of the Quake series except the original, so I am uh, very, very excited to uh, get to the root of this franchise's origin and why it's one of Neil's favorite games. So, Neil... 25 years later, why does Quake remain a memorable gaming milestone for you? Right, so on the very simple basis of, you know, you can go on about its historic importance, yada, 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 but, you know, as with many people's favourite games, it comes at the right time, and, you know, it's impactful because of, you know, you haven't seen anything like this before and it really hits you. So we in my house got a gaming PC in February of 1997, and, you know, for a few, the first month or two, we had stuff like you know, Duke Nukem 3D, Wolfenstein, uh, Doom, and like that to play, which you know, we'd already seen at my uncle when he had a PC. And then from my uncle, who did this a lot, you know, he, he got us a, a copy with inverted commas there of uh, Quake, <laughs> and um, which. It was iffy, you know, it didn't work all that well, and eventually we just bought it, you know, like the big old big box version. And um, yeah, it was just such, you know, at that point, when in terms of first person games, you know, it's like not quite 3D. You know, it's 3D in other ways, but you aren't able to move in any other level. You know, you, you are going straight ahead, left, right, or back. Uh, Quake changed that immensely. Because here you were with this, you can jump, you can go higher, you can go lower. There's all these different routes, and you know you can do all this without, you know, having to touch, you know, platforms and lifts and things like that. You, you can move around the, with such freedom, and it was really like intimidating and disorientating at first. And that coupled with you know this nightmarish uh, cosmic horror style imagery that had where there's a lot of medieval style stuff and it all felt very dreamlike you know because as much as it was like you're a soldier with guns and you know but also here's yeti looking monsters and here's some knights and here's some weird things that don't make any sense and it's just like and here's some <laughs> zombies and it's just it did just feel like you'd step you know like you literally do in the game like you'd step through a portal into some godforsaken world you know more so than doom where it was like uh, okay i get it i've gone here this is there these are all you know denizens of hell this felt more unexplainable and more mysterious helped by that soundtrack by nine inch nails you know which is in itself just so amazing and yeah, it's just so much about it just stayed burned in my memory then because of that. And you know, it did really sort of kickstart the idea of you know, first person shooters being interesting to me. You know, like a year after that for me, you know, then Half Life was there, and that was to you know that sort of took it further forward. You know, now it's storytelling and that, and then it was you know online shooters like quite free you know where the, you know where the focus was there as online only most of the time and that not real it just that those few years so you know, the first five six years after quake you know if the first person shooter genre just went in all different directions you know so many greats were born in that time, you think about it, you know, Unreal, which, you know, has become an entire other thing now. It's not even a game anymore. It's an engine. It's a company. It's a, <laughs> like that. Um, and then you had you know, Call of Duty came out the tail end of that, you know, and you have Wolfenstein came back and just so many of these weird and wonderful first-person shooters, a lot of them horror-based. Uh, as well, you know, or just really gory, you know, think of stuff like Soldier of Fortune, 
you know, yeah. to the game where you could actually just blow limbs off people. <laughs> 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 and yeah, it just that that game just really was this you know, talisman for everything else to sort of vibe off and make themselves greater as a result. And yeah, I, I just to this day it was always like, oh damn, yeah, Quake's always gonna be on a list if I say, oh, you know, the, the most important games ever in my life, you know, it's there. Quake 3 ended up being the game I played most of. I'm sure we'll talk about that in the wider series later. Because, you know, online shooter back when that was new, you can see, you see what people do and now they get obsessed with that sort of thing. But the original Quake is just such a strange beast and so ambitious and coming back to it uh, it's been years since I played it uh, until this uh, remaster and it's astonishing how well it holds up you know I mean you were coming into it for the first time and uh, you know conversations we had even you were saying it's like you know it doesn't feel out of place you know it's like I think there's several reasons for that you know I think it's it's it themselves who have always sort of just made the game work first then everything else after you know that, that's always been the style that's why when they make a great game people really do just remember it years and years after um, and I think the other thing is that it's come at a time when so many indie developers have been sort of trying to recreate that style and have done really well I think stuff like Dusk you know which is like brilliant and I love Dusk you know and Having played that, I was so worried that going back to Quake, it would feel quite backwards, you know? So, but mm. it, it's quite clear that Dusk is just taking everything that was in that game and making it, you know, slightly more modern, but not much more. You know, it, it, it's, they could just be literally, you know, Dusk could literally just be one of those Quake clones, if you will, as the, the years, um, one of the better ones, as we said. But it, it's, yeah, it's fascinating how well it, it's held up, you know, and it's it's great to see. For me, coming to Quake for the first time, the original, it was the type of thing where it's like, okay, I saw the announcement when it dropped on a Game Pass and PlayStation mm. and everything and PC and stuff getting the remaster. And it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. But is this going to be one of those titles where it's more about people's like nostalgia for it. Yeah. Right? They grew up with it. It's the first instance where they got to experience a doom styled game, except now it's obviously in 3d and it's much more frantic and whatnot. And then I actually sat down and played it and I probably played it for like five or six hours in prep. And I thought I was going to end up playing it for like an hour and then be like, yeah, I get the gist of this. And then kind of just seeing where it basically was just the platform for evolving on the, the technology and the graphics that made it so notable for the period and then it just basically served as that platform to go off for the next 20-ish years yeah. of Quake games and whatnot and so I was really surprised coming to it for the first time that the gameplay holds up so incredibly well and it's like you said it comes back to that sort of fundamental of id but also of course just developers in general that it's like they're paying the most attention to the gameplay right they really try to hone in on that 60 to 90 seconds of fun and then repeating yeah. that throughout the course of a game and yeah it helps that quake is as stylish and horror uh focused and having this lovecraftian aesthetic to it that elements that we love but i think it really does come back to the gameplay first and foremost and i totally understand what you mean about sort of adjusting to the freedom of movement because mm. I had a very similar um, experience growing up with games and whatnot, where it's like, okay, my neighbor had Doom and uh, Wolfenstein, and then I grew up with like a SNES, so I was playing lots of like platformers and all of these yeah. things. And then I got Quake 3 randomly because my dad brought home a computer for uh, work. And then, of course, we have an uncle that was like, oh, you should check this out. So Quake 3 was my introduction. And I remember playing hours and hours and hours of Doom and Wolfenstein and then playing Quake 3 and being like, I've never played a first-person shooter before. <laughs> like, it was one of those things where there's so much adjusting to it that it feels like it's a new genre entirely. Yeah. But once you sort of break through that learning curve, if you will, um, it's the type of thing where it just, it kind of, like, of course, it's uh, awe-inspiring and whatnot, and it's exhilarating, the, the melding of combat and then speed and the fluidity of that. 
But then also you could think about all the possibilities of other types of games that are going to take this technology and flesh it out even further over the yeah. years. Like you said, getting to see classic franchises come back. You get to see uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, games of that nature. And then, of course, Half-Life. And then just really seeing how all of these games are sort of being built from the foundation that Quake really began and showing us the true potential. And then that even makes it even more shocking, though, when I go back and I play the original Quake and the gameplay holds up and it's just as entertaining Mm. and it never feels like... So I've played a majority of the Quake games other than the original. And yet I never found that it was an instance where I was like, oh, I prefer the Quake 2 gameplay or Quake 3 gameplay. It just, it feels like Quake in a way that, and I think that it helps obviously that it's such a gorgeous remaster, which we will get into, but it is one of those really surprising moments in looking back and finding that this isn't just a game that everybody is nostalgic for other than like looking at it with essentially like rose tinted glasses, right? Yeah. This idea that it's like, oh, you know, it was a formative game, but then you go back and I mean, me personally, when I go back and try to play like the original Doom, Doom, it's a game that I'll always love. It's not a game that I ever go back and play for more than maybe like 20 mm-hmm. minutes at a time or 30 minutes, right? And, you know, that's not to take anything away from Doom, but it's just that games, first person shooters in particular, have come so far mm-hmm. that to go back to something that feels very restrictive can be very difficult, at least for me. Yeah. Um, and so that was what I anticipated encountering with quake and yet like i said i put probably six hours six six or seven hours into it and i want to go back and play all the add-on content and those new chapters which we'll get into yeah i mean yeah those we will get into those add-ons because that i feel is a very important part of why this whole remaster works so well Uh, um, and going back to what we were saying about other developers from now um having an understanding of what made those games tick, you know, and we'll definitely get to that. Um, But yes, the other thing about Quake, as you were saying, is that no matter what Quake it is, there's always a feeling of Quake to it. Despite that, and they all, all three, the the original games are very different. You know, I think four four feels a bit more like two, but not as, nowhere near as good. Um, but yeah, there's always the fundamentals, which, you know, at that time, to be original, all you had to be, you know, in terms of Quake is like, well, you can tell it's Quake because it's proper 3D and it's fast and there's bunny hopping and, you know, rocket jumping and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, rocket jumping, it's forever for me associated with Quake, you know, and Quake games. Um, and it's weird that no matter where I played those games, you know, it, it always felt like that you know I, Quake 2 I first played on PS1 you know the PS1 port hmm. which was a really good port you know hmm. and it had multiplayer but it was only obviously multi-tap split screen so it's me and my brothers but you know so it's like but even then the, because everything's there and I think the maps were made specifically for console because they couldn't have like the big stuff and it was slower as a result and all that but it was still like the fastest fucking thing I'd ever played on a console you know it's like just right and you think of that PS1 doing a first person shooter like that you know at that time was just remarkable you know it's um it's an amazing feat that doesn't get talked about enough and it was just genuinely stupendous in terms of uh, that game and it was the same with Quake 3 where I played it a bit on PS2 as well as I did on PC. I mean, not as much on PS2 because back then the idea of first-person shooters on consoles didn't really sit right with me because you know I'd already very well ingrained into mouse and keyboard and couldn't see myself doing it. Very much the opposite way around these days, but so, yeah. <laughs> I, I very much lost that. But um, yeah, back then it was like. Uh, no, I, I can't understand how this works. And I think it's also down to a lot of you know, console makers and we just didn't know how to do it. You know, we, we discussed on previous episodes how certain PC genres struggled for a long time being you know, converted into console games because the control systems weren't complicated enough or whatever. Or Whereas here, I think it was just down to speed. Uh, and reaction fire, and then they found a way with this, you know, do you know, you have like auto assists and you know, what, 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 what. but uh, 
and to a point where you can play certain multiplayer shooters now across platforms, PC included, and <laughs> right. and do just as well. So, yeah, it, it, it's amazing how that series has uh, still retained its identity, you know, despite changing things so rapidly, you know, between the games, you know, multiplayer definitely became more and more of a thing as the series went on. Probably helped, in fact, but, you know, Unreal was out there with Unreal Tournament and stuff like that. And hmm. yeah, just just a splendid time for, for those games. Yeah, and I think that that's the element that is most prevalent throughout the franchise in that it always feels like Quake. Yeah. Whereas with something like Unreal, um, I can't remember which one, but it always felt like it was more adapting to other games. And it, obviously Quake at certain periods throughout its history, it was doing the same thing. That identity, I felt, was so much better retained. Maybe that's because Quake is so weird. I mean, that's an element that was the most shocking to me about working my way backwards through the series from 3, Team Arena, right? Because mm. I came to that and my whole idea of what that game was was that yeah it's this wild multiplayer game where there's one creature that is a uh, he's an eyeball with legs and a minigun on his head and all these <laughs> things and it was it seemed like it was just weird for the sake of being weird but it worked because of the chaos and the zaniness of jumping around the maps and whatnot and sort of just uh, flinging yourself across with like gravity lifts and all these different things that I mean, when I had a PC back in the day, initially, I didn't have internet, so I was just playing against bots. And it yeah. was kind of just like this this 40 minutes of a clusterfuck that I would play at any given moment and then kind of just like go off and do whatever. But in working backwards from that to Quake 2, which has more of a storyline to it and doesn't have as much of the random weirdness, it's more of like sci-fi with horror elements. Yeah. It was surprising to me because I was like, well, wait a sec. How the hell do we get from 2 to Quake 3 when comparing sort of just those aesthetics which are different but they still feel like they operate within the same universe it might just be more restrained and so then from going from Quake 2 then to Quake 1 it was just interesting to see more of the weird and the horror but if anything I think the first Quake when just looking at 1 through 3 it feels like the best balance of the sci-fi the horror and the sort of just Lovecraftian elements Mm -hmm. that I think really is at the core of the Quake identity. So it's interesting to see that the first game has the best balance. And then throughout the series history, they sort of move in different directions, but it's still drawing from a lot of the same variables. So it's not as jarring maybe as some other game series have been where you go from uh, just like the first iteration to something that five years later could look nothing like the original game. I mean, the, the freeing thing they did early on in terms of you know, what story there is, is, is making it a, about dimension hopping, uh, effectively. So it, it makes sense then that one adventure isn't the same as the next, you know, it, but there are, it retains things. I, mean, I think that in itself has influenced a lot of the stuff that I like you know, in, in years past then. And uh, because, yeah, I like the idea of just like this, you know, jump to a new place for the next game while still retaining the idea that you're still going to be someone who can do rocket jumps and and the like. So yeah, it, it's while it's never been like the forefront, especially by the time you get to Quake 3, where it's just like, yeah, now we're just going to have a bunch of people from different dimensions show up and fight each other. And it's <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, I mean, do you think about it? There are so many multiplayer games that do that now. Effectively, you go for you look at Dead by Daylight, Smash Brothers, anything like that. It's just basically importing characters from here, there, and everywhere. Fortnite, even. You know, it, it's it's ironic now thinking about it. Fortnite. You know, it's effectively the great great grandchild of Unreal now because of where it's come from, and it's taking on a lot of what Quake did in terms of like, well, lit, you know, very literally, like uh, here's stuff from this dimension, this place, this place, and. Just, become like a big toy box if you will of different franchises licenses and character and styles you know and I think maybe that's taking it a bit too far but it's nice to see that's probably Quake's greatest legacy is the idea of just having something freeform behind your franchise that means you can mix it up a bit I think it's telling that it started stumbling when they started trying to repeat history 
you know, for with four with Quake Live, you know, again, as many hours as I have put into Quake Live and Quake Champions, you know, it's trying to capture the essence of it again hasn't worked quite as well as they wanted. And I think Quake Champions does all right for itself, but you know, it's very much a quiet, you know, Crisis is an unreal game still out one around that that I never hear anyone <laughs> talk about, which is just yeah. seems insane. Um yeah, so I think, though, given we've seen Wolfenstein come back, given we've seen uh, that, it's especially now Microsoft, uh, you know, having that power over it, it seems unlikely that we won't see that come back in some capacity, which is great because you know, if they can yeah. capture that, you know, and I feel like this is like with Microsoft's help, you know, this, this whole uh, remaster that they've done. So I'm hoping that it it does the job because you know as we we're talking here positively about it and I think generally it's quite a positive reaction to uh, to it because as we've said it just it works yeah and I think that something that I've always appreciated about Quake is that throughout the series history while it might be to varying success or varying degrees of success it's a series that's always taken risks and evolving on that core identity and it mm. hasn't always worked in a lot of ways, in terms of I'm thinking more about the later half where you get to like Quake 4, which yeah. was m- much more a return to sort of the Quake 2 vibe that maybe necessarily wasn't the best example of that because then you see all this energy put into the single player, but then when you get to the multiplayer portion, which is so intrinsically tied to the identity of Quake, it starts to lack in a pretty significant way that you're like, well, hold on, are we forgetting what made Quake the originals? so special and so groundbreaking and all of these things. And then likewise, you come to a game like Enemy Territory, which is very much multiplayer focused, but it's in a brand new way that feels very foreign to Quake. And yet it's, again, playing with that sandbox and those aesthetics that for somebody like me that came from like a battlefield background yeah. from back in the day, it very much worked for me because I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm remembering some of these elements from Quake 2 and Quake 3, even if it doesn't play anything like that. No. And that's one of those things that I'm really drawn to because I think, yeah, you're taking liberties with pre-existing things that they still at least resemble some of what you loved about the originals, but it's pushing new ideas that potentially doesn't always work. It could potentially push the series in a new and exciting direction. Now, I don't think class-based multiplayer is necessarily ever going to really be the future of Quake, but at the same time, I think that it pushes an interesting sort of dynamic into a series where that's not intrinsically ever been part of it before that but in taking that risk now granted maybe it could have been regulated to like a mode in a quake game not an entire game based around that but i still like the idea that we are going to take something and fundamentally deliver an experience that's unlike anything that you've potentially played but if anything it just kind of opens up the quake franchise potentially to a pool of players that never were inclined to, were never interested in doing that. And that's an element of the just franchise overall that it never necessarily feels like they're playing too safe or resting too heavily on the laurels of the sort of original trilogy, right? It always kind of feels like a weird, we keep using this word, like weird to describe the aesthetic of Quake and nailing down what that actually means. But it's always trying to evolve, I think, on this very weird and wholly unique identity that like you said with all this dimension hopping and all these things it gives credence to the idea that yeah you could get a quake experience that was nothing like the previous ones mm. and yet somehow on some level it works in a way that makes me like very optimistic for a franchise that maybe hasn't been delivering on its potential as much as it could over the course of the last what decade yeah and you know, I think it, it's shown that out there now that you know the kind of game that it became is very much still you know, a pleasing thing for people because Splitgate is a good example of, you know it's an arena shooter in very much the same vein you know it does ironically then goes to use a valve trick with the portals and stuff but you know it's it still to me very much reminds me of those days of Quake and Unreal because you know right down to the announcer voice and the killing sprees and all that stuff it just it Scratch the itch, and the fact that for me that I started playing that after this remaster, and it just it was like, yeah, this is cool. I like this. This it, it 
you know, scratches that itch in a way, you know, but modernizes it still, you know. So it feels, so I could, it gives them a good excuse to give it a go, you know. Anyway, if Microsoft surely want to have something that uh, could potentially be lucrative, you know, down the line in terms of like a long term game like that, you know, it's there, you know, if they really wanted to sort of say, nah, let's just shell Quake Champions and let's just like rebirth Quake Live or something put it on consoles make it you know as much as I sigh at the idea of like it must have a battle pass and all this stuff but it's like a season pass but you know it would work free to play Quake only on Microsoft and PC for a while blah 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 get it up to speed brilliant have game you know have game pass rewards for it you know to see as well so yeah it would do numbers I think it really would and I think I, I kind of think that's where it'll end up going you know, given what they're doing well I'm somewhat hopeful that like this remaster coming to Xbox uh, Game Pass and whatnot amongst the other services it was being brought to you would hope that this is sort of a soft push in either generating the qu- like getting Quake in the conversation again or mm-hmm. seeing a general entrance from an audience that is not just hardcore players that are coming back and being like, oh, they got a new coat of paint. It's got some new content. We can dive back into this game that we love from our childhoods. Hope The hope, I guess, of it being part of Game Pass is that, like you and I have been talking about for all the uh, issues that Game Pass can have and what that means to the industry. At the same time, though, it's opening this up to an entire new generation of people that the only cost is downloading it, right? Yeah. And I would hope that part of the reason why this was part of Game Pass is this idea that it's like, yeah, we're going to see if there's an interest here larger than just maybe the core hardcore uh, fan base that, again, like I said, has a lot of love for Quake. And I think that it's kind of upsetting that if we wanted to get like a proper return to Quake, like a Quake in the style of the original, it would need more than just the hardcore audience's interest, right? I think that that is been proven time and time again that like if you're going to dial something back to the beginning and bring it back and it hasn't been around for a series of years it has to have some sort of mass market marketing plan or also just like bringing in more than that because i mean when you've got these industry titans that are selling hundreds of uh making hundreds of millions of dollars off a game it's like well are they going to put the time and the effort into developing this game that might only reach a certain a small portion maybe of the audience but i think that getting this remaster is so important because it also kind of re, uh, reinstates sort of just the importance of remasters yeah. and what that actually means for not only just a genre, but for entire, just the game world in general, right? This idea that there's a lot being done here that is more than just like feeding into nostalgia, mm. right? And that's something that you and I have talked about a lot over the course of the podcast where like the idea of like Resident Evil getting to come back, the revitalization mm. of Resident Evil, right? Through those remasters, which have proved to be not only in some instances the superior way to play those games, but it instills more confidence when you look at the market and all the sales and whatnot. And it's essentially ushering in an entire new fandom around these games that of course there's already a fandom around them but even more people are coming to them because you know it's a reality that a portion of the market is not interested in playing games that look like they were from the 90s which those games were and so i think that there's a lot to be said about that and just want to kind of talk about the the quality of this remaster of quake and what that really just means for especially to you as a fan like i know that there have definitely been remasters in the past that have not necessarily superseded the original, right? This idea that they've done remasters, and if anything, it's been a worse version of yeah, a beloved There's game. always something, and you know, I think from a certain, it really depends on how you're approaching it. I think in a lot of cases, if they're doing it solely because money, and you know, cynically, as that is most of the cases, it is because of money, uh, first and foremost. This doesn't feel like that because you know, it's quake. It's been done. Quake is effectively dead at this point. You know, to most people, you know, they don't know it. It is out there as a celebration, as they did with the twentieth, you know, where they put it on PC with uh, the new material made by Machine Games, and Machine Games are 
you know, if you don't know, they make the modern Wolfenstein games. And uh, they then made a new expansion again for the 25th. Uh, so there's a care and love and understanding going into that from that straight away that you just don't see in remasters. But because it's like, um, it's very much closer to what remasters should be. When you think of films and when they're remastered, you know, they don't really fundamentally change anything. Uh, they just, you know, make sure that they restore the image, maybe they make sure it looks sharp or whatever, the audio. And if you're lucky, there's some new features in there, that like, you know, maybe a documentary or an interview or, the, or behind the scenes thing you never saw before. And that kind of feels like that with the extra bits because there's no story to really to tie in with the Quake stuff. You can kind of add bits to it from now and it works because, you know, the people working on it know what they're doing. You know, that they, you know, they, I remember Machine Games had you know, invested heavily into the past of Wolfenstein before they made their own, you know, to sort of go back to the, you know, the 3D ones, the, the, per se, you know, the original one and went from there. So, yeah, it makes sense. They probably did the same here with this and effectively used the same code and same stuff. And it's... I, I know that in a lot of remasters cases and it is why they don't turn out so well. It's because code just gets lost. And I think it especially had been very good in keeping their code and because they effectively... The DNA is literally there throughout their games you know it's like they, they keep the stuff they research the stuff they stay with it and keep it as a part of every game going forward and that's why you can still have Doom feel you know and, I mean the modern Doom 2016 and Eternal have a lot of Quake in them yeah they're, they're more Quake than they are Doom when you think about it so and that's not by accident. You know, that's because the company has always kept that in there. You know, and this is, as I said, a problem with remasters generally is because companies don't have that respect for their own products, you know, for the things they make. <laughs> and it ends up, yeah. you end up with a Silent Hill situation where like uh, Silent Hill 2 and 3 don't have half the code or Final Fantasy 8, you know, for ages wasn't, up to snuff because they didn't bother keeping all the code and didn't treat, you know, there was no curation, you know, like where there should be, you know, and it's, the movies did this as well for a long time that they didn't really keep hold of things that were important historically. And we're probably luckily getting into it with games a bit more than we used to and some stuff is out there, you know, from the older days. Um, But yeah, this to me, is as I said what makes sense is if you're going to remaster something treat it like not like just that you're trying to get a new audience but you're trying to make it the best version of what it was you know keep it pure keep it exactly because the essence of this game is it's still exactly like what it was you know back then it just happens to be running it's running on higher performance you know allows it to have a few more tricks up its sleeve but it's still fundamentally quake as it was it's that brilliant trick of it looks exactly like you remember it doesn't because I went back and tested it on PC and PC version the old version before the update was like mm, yeah it's it's still good but you can tell it's not quite as good you can tell it's a 25-year-old game. Yeah, this is it. And that's considering they updated it like five years ago with a little bit here and there. And even then, it's like, yeah, okay. But, I mean, this has been the largest overhaul, but it is more like what they do with film. You know, like, oh, here's the 4K of this film that came out when you were lucky if you could sort of squint and see exactly what was going on <laughs> when it came out. But it, now it's like yeah, everything is crystal clear. Like, it's like, it doesn't work for every film same with every game you know shining a game up doesn't always work. I think that was a criticism a lot of people had of the Mass Effect trilogy's remaster is that 
you know, in making it look too pretty, they kind of lost some of the art style. You know, they've not done that with Quake. You know, they, they've retained everything, you know, down to the art style, how it looks. You know, there's no like attempt to make it look. You know, you, you always see those YouTube videos of people trying to make a game look modern. You know, like an old game, like the, right. the Ocarina of Time or Mario 64 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And oh, this is what it looks like in Unreal Engine and stuff like that. They've not done that. They've just kept it right. pure, as is. Added a few extra bits in that feel like they were always there. Which is, that, that's the most remarkable stuff. The machine game stuff is absolutely remarkable in how it just you would never have known it wasn't there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, there's like tiny things to it. And you're like, oh, I can see this is someone who's got you know hindsight and understanding of what came before but yeah it, it does just feel like it could have been out in back then no problem it's just especially when when compared to the expansions that were there before you know, it, it's, it's great it is almost like having little sequels that we, we never would have known to get uh, I'm just delighted and it just helped make the whole thing feel fresh again mm. you know because going through those opening levels it was like you know, this full on nostalgia rush but then there was this new stuff and I was like wow this is it's like you missed all these levels when you were younger and now suddenly <laughs> you're discovering them for the first time and it's just just lovely to have well I think that that's the biggest compliment that you can pay to it in that I mean obviously I had never played the original but the machine games new content feels like the original dev team maybe stepped away from the game for a couple of months and then they came back and they were like, we have a better understanding of how to use this technology, a better understanding of just what Quake is and what that means to gamers. And then it's as if they came back and just made a whole new crop of levels. And I think that, yeah, again, like it's reassuring to hear that, uh, that you feel the same way being such a fan of the original. And then of course, having all this time playing through it in that, it feels like a natural continuation because there's definitely been instances where games have received additional content in a remaster and then or uh, a remake and then you're just like yeah that feels extra yeah that feels added on and i think that that's the most important key there is that this content doesn't feel added on it feels like in a, a continuation of what was there originally um, but i think also like a lot of credit needs to go to night dive studios who's in charge oh, yeah. of the remaster in terms of the way that they handled the graphical approach. Again, like I hadn't played the original, but I was looking at enough reference material where I was like, yeah, this looks like a game from 96. And then playing the remaster, it still looks like a game from that era, but they've essentially sort of, they've filed off some of the rough edges yes. without distorting the identity and the aesthetic of Quake. I think kind of the example that you gave about Mass Effect um, there's always this tendency, it seems, for developers to over sort of like glam glam up yeah. a game from what it originally looks like to the idea that it's like, yeah, it's nice and bright and shiny, but it lacks a lot of the sort of soul yeah. that was there in that original art style. And the, I mean, the examples that you gave in terms of people taking classic games and then applying it in the Quake or the uh, Unreal Engine. And whatnot, like that's those are some of my least favorite types of videos because people are like, Look, well, you can do this and it's cool. And it's like, it's certainly a thing you can do, but when you in doing that, you're stripping all of the personality and all of the nostalgia that a lot of people have for that. I mean, one of the games that I think about recently that had a uh, a remake was 13, that first person shooter, which I played the PC version back in the day, and that comic book aesthetic and cell shading was the identity of that game and it very much felt like a continuation of the comic series in that regard and then to go and play this like glamified remake which from a gameplay standpoint was terrible but also just the way it looked it just looked like an attempt to cash in on a franchise that has been dormant for I don't know 20 years or something like that it just it doesn't feel like the original so then in kind of losing the essence of an original, all you're left with is, hey, let's capitalize on the fact that this used to have a fan base and maybe we'll get new yeah. fans out of this. That's when it feels like businessmen making points in the boardroom about you know trying to list off bullet points. And uh, as we said before, you have to credit to Bethesda, especially for allowing this sort of curation and care, you know, 
it's why Bethesda have been a favorite publisher of mine for a long time because the studios they have constantly put out stuff that just reminds me of what games were you know I know that sounds like old man sort of stuff but it, it really does it's like they can modernize stuff but they understand what made games games you know like you know, having that gameplay loop things that make you that feel compelling you know um, I can mention this much now you know ahead of the embargo but you know I've been playing Deathloop by Arcane who of course are a Bethesda studio and to see them getting to just do what the fuck they want and in such you know hit ambition and it like they do is just breathtaking you know and I don't see any other publisher really allowing that you know now because most of the big publishers are like oh yeah you know well we've got to do this we've got to hit these bullet points we've got to do these modes that other people have got and uh find ways to milk as much money out of it as possible you know fine understandable it's become a big business you know it's no different than any other big media business you know there's always stuff out there that is quote unquote content first and quality second but yeah even being now that they are part of Microsoft and as we said before there is a concern there that it won't always be like this anymore um, I kind of hope that Microsoft's bottomless pockets mean that they will treat it like movies should be treated when it comes to blockbusters, where, you know, the idea that you cannot fail, you know, it's really hard to fail for a blockbuster, so why not make it good? You know, it's mm. like, you know, so here it's a case of you can't fail, you're just going to pump money into this until it, the end of time, so let them do what the fuck they want. I think that that for Microsoft used to be a problem where they they got a little too, yeah, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do that. We kind of want you to follow this formula or this formula. And of course, it restricted and didn't work. And I think now they're very much just going to nod along, especially with Bethesda and their studios and it and that, um, and let them do stuff. They might suggest, hey, do you want to make a new Quake or whatever? Um, or like in the case of machine games, you know, they say, "Here, do you want to do an Indiana Jones game?" And they'll say, "Yeah, of course," and then they'll go do that. But um, I feel they'll, they'll get creative control uh, at least now, uh, and then to keep that going for a bit. So I'm hoping that be the case because it'd be great. Now, now that it, now that they does seem to be the strategy for much stuff is we have bottomless pockets. We'll just get a whole bunch of devs that let them do what they want and see what freeform jazz that creates, you know. And it will, it will, I think, in time. I mean, Arcane alone were doing Redfall, which is like the vampire co-op shooter for the people who made Prey. So that I mean, that that could be fucking amazing. And given they seem to make their games work better on Xbox, that, that, that's probably good. <laughs> so yeah. it, might, it might work well out the game. Um, yeah, so I, I'm excited in, in that in that regard, and that's why this Quake remaster it feels so positive. I, I feel, I mean, clearly it was in the works before they got taken over, but at the same time, I just feel like it's like it, it works nicely for, for for the way they're doing things now. I hope, I really, really do hope that it means we just get that kind of freedom that's always made studio like it um, you know such you know pioneers and maybe they'll make something that isn't gonna tank them again you know the, the problem with being like at the forefront of things is when you make a game that isn't um, quite what people want you know Dakatana or Doom 3 then you end up back to square one in a lot of ways or, or rage rage would be the best example really, because that was yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know people rag on Dakatana and uh, doing free sometimes but rage was just like the biggest misfire <laughs> so, mm. hey. well also their most reactionary game probably just in terms of like what was hot at the time right? yeah. kind of drawing from mechanics and different marketplace trends I suppose um, at that time but yeah I think that what was so refreshing and what largely contributed to my not finding this Quake remaster just to be, well, my, I guess my first experience with Quake 1 
not being just like, oh, this is just kind of like a nostalgia set piece for a lot of people, was that this remaster doesn't feel like a perversion or distortion of that gameplay loop, right? That 60 to 90 seconds of constant adrenaline pumping, fast paced, uh, bunny hopping, strafing, uh, turning enemy demons into giblets and whatnot with uh, (laughs) grenade launchers and the like. Um, It just, it really has the essence. And like you said, I suppose they might have performance wise getting to go from like the tech that it was originally developed on to now this remaster it might run smoother but it still feels like it is a game that was ahead of the time when it was released yeah. again going when i go back and i play doom like i said it's difficult for me to really play much of that when i go back because it's so my experience is so deeply um, entrenched in nostalgia for it that it's that type of thing where it's like i'm more in love with the aesthetic and the memories than i am necessarily the gameplay, which doesn't necessarily deviate much from something like a, uh, a Duke Nukem 3D that I grew up with or yeah. something along the lines of like blood. Um, it's more about like that aesthetic that I love, which if anything, it makes my love. I suppose I would make it say that my love for the 2016 Doom is the equivalent to your love for the original Quake. The idea that it took something that was very familiar, but it just kind of perfected it in a way that is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this remaster is one of those instances where I think this serves as the best reintroduction or just introduction for a fan base that could potentially spawn into the next Quake. Yeah. And I guess in thinking about the future of Quake, what is sort of like your dream scenario for a new Quake, whether it be uh, hopefully this generation? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, there's a couple of things. Like, I think... It would be cool if they remastered the other games. Mm. Uh, now they've given this a taste, just to keep, you know, give Night Dive something to do to keep, keep them pulling along. But yeah, if we're going to have it do that, and I think they should, because I, yeah, Doom Eternal, I know a lot of people love it and like it even, but you know, for me, nah, uh, I didn't care much for it. Um, I think it had done that now for a few, like, what, five years, so doom again so yeah it'd be nice if they sort of well you know we've reinvigorated doom let's reinvigorate quake now let's have a, another crack at that and given what they want out of it and my sneaking suspicion is microsoft won't really want anything that's rivaling halo so maybe it would have to be story focused with a multiplayer element um, yeah, with start, you should at least try and have more than one game in your type. But you know, <laughs> right. you know what it's like. It's like Halo's theirs. That's like it's the WWE logic. It's like we made this guy, so he's ours. But so if you come in and you're a shit hot superstar somewhere else, we're not going to treat you the same. You know, kind of thing. Um, so you have to try harder, and even then, you know, you'll end up leaving us for ADEW or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 that's how it ends up being. So yeah, hopefully that works out again. Uh, I, it's all about hope with this and my optimism that I honestly never had before with Microsoft because they were in a very different place a few years ago is just that they will say yeah to anything that their studio is saying and they keep saying they're giving Bethesda a bit of uh, you know, lee- leeway they, they are their own department they'll do their own things whatever yeah, you always have that nagging doubt in the back of your head because I remember you know you see EA sort of say oh no to Visceral for instance saying oh no well you know these Dead Space games are getting worse not ever being allowed to turn around and say that's because you added the stuff that made it worse you know it's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. like uh, and then the to turn around and then remake that that series again without that developer having you know, basically demoted them to the point where they were just working on other people's games on the least memorable versions like you know, Visceral ended up doing a Battlefield Hardline you know, which no one fucking mm. remembers or cares about you know, <laughs> it's like it's tragic you know and Criteria and you make Burnout you know they, they ended up just doing Need for Speed stuff but it's like just, I don't want to think of companies like it basically being like 
doing franchise stuff for other franchises rather than doing what they want. I, you know, I don't want a Call of Duty situation where 20 different developers who used to be working on other things are now working on one game series and that's it. You know, it, it's, I would hope Microsoft have a bit more in the way of balls to let them do what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, you hope that it's that scenario where they treat it like the blockbuster franchise it is. And while it's easy for us to say that as being fans of the franchise, at the same time, though, when you think about the properties that they have that have been dormant for so long, it really has the potential to be a blockbuster franchise again. Hmm. And I think that Doom is probably the success of Doom and the revitalization of Doom, I think, is really indicative of the fact that that's the direction they're headed like right like you said i think i have a sneaking suspicion that the success of doom they are going hopefully has proven that they can replicate that with franchises that like you had said the reason that doom probably worked so well and being revitalized was is that over the entire course of their career they were essentially refining that core gameplay element right and while the aesthetic to the worlds might have changed a little bit and they might have tried new things that didn't always necessarily work They've still been refining that gameplay in a way that's made it so it's like, yeah, it's not Doom 2016 didn't just feel like they're slapping on a fresh coat of paint to it, right? They sort of, they drew from the roots and the core of that in a way that it's building on the success of the original, but it's evolving it in a way that feels fresh, that feels modernized without essentially becoming like a bastardization of what it used to be, right? Which is always the fear, but with something like Quake that has been so has delivered so many varied experiences over the course of the years and again like the general weirdness of it with the sort of Lovecraftian multiple dimensions and of course the horror aesthetic to it I mean the potential for the direction to take that if anything my fear is that it might be too safe right that we get a situation like a Quake 2 which I don't have anything against Quake 2 but when you go from the original Quake to then Quake 2 it doesn't feel, at least to me, as it being this sort of leap. It feels like a sort of a continuation and maybe a refining in certain ways, but it, for me, at least in my experience with it, it never felt as revolutionary when I look at the series as a whole, right? Yeah. I kind of look at one being this foundation of both the single player and the multiplayer element that feels revolutionary for the time. The gameplay itself is so solid, it holds up in a way that yeah. I'm able to enjoy it for the first time 25 years later. It might as well have came out last year, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of just the ways in which it's able to retain what I love about, obviously, first-person shooters, but also implementing this horror aesthetic and the focus is in storytelling, but I have to see every world and every enemy and whatnot. And then looking at the multiplayer that came out years later, the more multiplayer-focused titles and how that took the elements of first-person shooters and then delivered an experience I was wholly unprepared for, right? This idea that I played first person shooters for my whole childhood and then I got to this and I was like I felt like like my grandparents trying to play video games for the first time <laughs> or something like I just felt so so not initiated with all of my history and experience even with going from Quake uh, 2 to 3 and whatnot. and yet the future then of like what a new Quake could look like it does have to balance I think the single player portion mm-hmm. the best bits of the single player but also the best bits of the multiplayer and that was a balance that I didn't find either of the Doom re- uh, reboots ever really were able to uh, capitalise on no. it. To be fair, I think, yeah, Doom, you know, for all its attempts at it, has never felt like a multiplayer game. You know, I, I know early in early days it was like this big land thing and people mm. didn't play it multiplayer, but it, it's not remembered for it, you know, right. by most people. Most people are, you know, it's ripping and tearing now. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Quake has just it, it evolved to be quintessentially multiplayer and you know, as a result there are almost two mindsets now about what Quake is it's, this at least has served as a sort of reminder that hey there was more to it you know, though multiplayer is in it you know still you know, there is a multiplayer mode which I have to interestingly add you know has bots that chat shit to you you know if you play without <laughs> yeah. people which is brilliant mm. right, that touches like that and it just it really put me in the mind of back you know what they used to do with that sort of stuff it makes it just as challenging of a balance right when you're succeeding at these two different gameplay elements Mm. the single and then the multiplayer portion equally well it's again trying to find the balance of which are you i mean i guess it's supporting them equally but they 
are two fundamentally different experiences in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see them on top of balancing those two modes, balancing the best modes and innovations between what has occurred in the single player versions of Quake and then the multiplayer versions throughout the the course of the series history. And mm. it's one that I always look at things like uh, enemy territory Quake Wars, where I'm like, okay, this doesn't resemble Quake at all, but it at least draws from those variables and seeing them take a risk like that, it makes me optimistic about them evolving with a remat or a, uh, a reboot of Quake. Yeah. Seeing them try to at least take some sort of risks, not saying we need a... Uh, a Quake Wars exclusive multiplayer mode, but sort of just them taking the core fundamentals that are obviously the the foundation of the single player, mm. but then maybe fleshing those out in a new and exciting way in the multiplayer. It's a, uh, it's a long laundry list of <laughs> hopes and wishes, but uh, if there's anybody that could do it, I'm sure it's id. Yeah, absolutely. They'll, they'll give it a go. I think down the line. It almost seems impossible that they won't try to bring Quake back. But it's uh, it's one of those things where it's always great to see uh, it's just a not only a classic first person shooter, but one that is so steeped in the horror aesthetic. And, mm. you know, it's funny enough that you mentioned uh, Halo and that being sort of like the man at the top of the mountain. And it's never the idea that a quake or even a doom would be able to dethrone that. Like, that's not even a conversation I would ever entertain. But these series being so heavily steeped in horror and this just sort of like ripping and tearing nature of them. You would hope that that is going to appeal to a certain portion of the market that's not into this super highly glossy uh, sci-fi elements, right? And I think that I actually just replayed through the whole Halo series for the first time in, God, probably 15 years or something like that. But it's the idea that I played through it and there are a couple instances of horror, like with the flood and things like that. But it's very much leaning away from that the later in the series that it goes on. I think the later games, it's mostly just this very glossy sci-fi and ghost in the machine type storytelling, which yeah. I fell out of love with. Like the last few games, I'm not a fan of, I mean, <laughs> but if anything, it kind of just shows my coming back to the roots of what I really love about first person shooter games that have a horror aesthetic or just horror in general. And it's probably why I got to latch on to uh, the doom reboots. And of course this quake remaster, which is uh, I think fantastic is not a, uh, that's not an overstatement in terms of just bring, revitalizing something, bringing it back in the conversation and not distorting and I, basing that on uh, kind of just your impressions of it, not distorting what the original product was. It, I think that is very important. You know, conservation of games is something that we talk about a lot. And when you get re- 25 years removed from something, it could be very easy for a company to take that IP and then present something that doesn't resemble it other than in name and claiming it's a remaster to a degree that an entire generation is no longer familiar with what that original thing really was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I mean, we've talked about so many franchises over the course of these episodes and you mentioned Resident Evil, I think of Devil May Cry and how, you know, that shifted and changed and, you know, as good as five is, it's not good in the same way that the original was. And, but you can't see that the original because the remaster is so haphazard you know I like I said at the time I think it, it lends it a quality that, that was always there of like this almost B-movie thing but it's unintentional it, it shouldn't be that way the cutscene should be worked on and I think as we were saying Quake doesn't get to suffer from that because it doesn't have cutscenes it doesn't really have a story going on it's like the focus is on the game. That's it. And, yeah, so I, I can understand how so many games in the last 15 years or so will end up suffering when they do remakes and remasters is because some stuff just doesn't work. Either you remake it entirely and piss people off because you left out something they liked or whatever, which is usually the point remaking it in the first place because you know some stuff just didn't work anymore or you know you remaster it to the point where it doesn't resemble the game it once was so you know, say either you betray the visual side of it or you betray the very core of what it is you know in a story sense and it have done very well to understand that the core of the game is 
what it is. And, you know, the guns have to be interesting, the guns have to be fun, the, the movement has to be fast and fluid. And keeping those things in mind means that as long as you keep those there, anything else is tweakable, you know. You, you can shift and change and improve things and it's still quintessentially the same thing. Yeah, and you know, we can only hope that uh, the powers that be will allow them to do what they do best and hopefully revitalizing Quake in the near future. But yeah, I think uh, getting to play the original, it definitely makes me hungry for a, a remaster of 2 and of course continuing down the line. And uh, it's one of those things that it just makes me excited for the future, which should be the goal of a remaster of a classic franchise, right? You kind of, you get to, I mean, my experience is probably relatively uh, unique in that this was the last Quake game that I played and it being the first, but it's the idea that it shows, again, the core foundation is so strong and they have a proven track record of bringing back these gameplay uh, standards amongst entire genres that uh, it just makes me excited for Quake in a way that I haven't been in probably probably a good decade or so. But uh, as always, Neil, it's a pleasure talking uh, horror with you for Safe Room. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Safe Room. Please consider following and rating the show on your preferred podcast platform. And for updates on the show, follow us on Twitter at Safe Room Pod. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.